Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to the show for Street Soccer here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and Sirius XM 211, Dan Patrick Sports. I am, unsurprisingly, not Dan Patrick. I, I am Nick Eber. And my co-host, well, he's not Dan Patrick either. He's Kartik Krishnaya. And, of course, the reason we're not Dan Patrick is we talk the beautiful game and we do that uh, weeknights at 9 p.m. Eastern on these networks. Great to be with you, Kartik. I have to say, a number of stories have come up now that we finished officially finished week two in the Premier League. Uh, Man United drop points. Your boys, Man City, drop points. Coutinho goes to Bayern Munich. What are Barcelona doing? Let's talk about that. But most importantly, Kartik, I want to use this entire show, quite frankly, as as just a, a, an absolute... Uh, I want everybody to prostrate themselves in front of the great Nick Gieber. Quite frankly, the clairvoyant god of football. That's me, Kartik. Yeah, your predictions were on the money this week. You could have won that NBC Sports Predictor game if you had played it, uh, which, of course, they advertise during every uh, every show that they, they do on the Premier League. It's the second most talked about topic on NBC besides behind Christian Pulisic. What, the, uh, the fact that Nick Eber is a clairvoyant football god? No, that they uh, have a prediction. No, no, lie to me, Kartik. Lie, lie. You would have won if you had played it. (laughs) I would have won. Look, we've got so much to talk about. There are so many storylines. You know, is it Chelsea Football Club or is is it the club for which Christian Pulisic plays? Because I think if you listen to NBC and their coverage, that's how it seems. Let's talk about Pulisic. How do you think he's doing? Let's talk Chelsea. Let's talk Wolves. Let's talk Leicester City. Let's talk Newcastle. Let's talk Manchester United and Paul Pogba. Oh, my God. We talked about being in the shop window, missing a penalty today. Incredible stuff. Liverpool top of the table. That makes me smile. And we'd love to hear from you. 800-878-7529. You can also find us on Twitter at Fifth Street Sports. We'd love to hear from you. Or you can uh, find us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Fifth Street Sports Talk. Big hello to everybody listening uh, on the American Forces Network. Also, hello to Kerry. I know she's listening somewhere. Uh, we are going to step aside, take a break, gather our fo- our thoughts. And, of course, I'll be fielding all the phone calls of people wanting to know what the right lottery numbers are. You know, I'm not telling you because they're all mine. All right, we'll be right back after these messages. Don't go anywhere. All right, well, welcome back to the show. Fistry Soccer, Nick and Kartik with you. Uh, that song is Rescue, by the way, by Echo and the Bunny Men. And I'm thinking, Kartik, that might be the song that's being sung in the Barcelona boardroom right now. Yeah, I this um, the situation with Coutinho being um, loaned with the option to buy, uh, which will probably be exercised by Bayern. Uh, first of all, wait, I wait, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. What are you eating? I'm having a Lynn chocolate. Do you have enough for everybody? I do not. I have then one then spit left. it out, Kartik. You know the rules. <laughs> you can only eat if you have enough for everybody. Okay, go yeah. ahead. But, so, 
this this move ha- uh, bothers me because, of course, I wanted. I said the other day, Dortmund were going to win the Bundesliga. Dortmund win five one in their opener. They look fantastic. By the way, they looked. Uh, it doesn't look like they're missing a certain someone who we'll talk about later in the show who got sold by them, um, and who we never hear the end of if you watch NBC. Um, and Dor- and Bayern did not look good, and they lost, and they and they dropped points. Their response was within uh, an hour or two. To try to contact Barcelona and, and make this deal happen, so uh, they get Coutinho, who is a player Barcelona absolutely needs if they're going to win the Champions League again, right? right. A creative player that um, I, I think maybe it's just he never settled there um, and he wanted to get out. But the question now, Nick, is a lot of the analysts are saying it's going to be more difficult for Barcelona to pull off a deal for Neymar because. PSG wanted Dembele or Coutinho in the deal. Barcelona was unwilling to put Dembele in the deal, uh, and now Coutinho has left. So uh, they may not be getting Neymar, and they're down Coutinho. I don't know what they're doing. Uh, It seems like they might be financially stretched because they went out and bought Griezmann uh, for the amount of money they did uh, and uh, just don't have the resources to to keep Coutinho around long-term um, and uh, bring in Neymar. So that's uh, so there are other people who are saying, oh, it's possible by getting Coutinho off the books, and Bayern now assumes his full salary, uh, his full wage, weekly wage bill, that uh, they'll have more money to bring in Neymar. We'll, well see. You know, and this notion that Coutinho somehow wasn't a success at Barcelona is, is interesting because, I mean, he scored, what, 13 goals in 52 appearances for Barcelona. I mean, he's really a creative player. I mean, he's a great yeah. goal scorer, but I mean, it, it's how he elevates everybody around him. But I mean, he's on a he's on a team with you know Messi and Suarez and a, and a bunch of other guys that are creative and can score goals as well. So I mean, it's unlikely he's going to sort of continue his one goal in three game, um, you know, rate that was his sort of career rate before uh, his move. Uh, particularly when he was, at, for example, he was at Espanyol and Liverpool. Uh, that's about what he was doing. You know, it's a different setup. It's a different system. Uh, I don't have his assist number in front of me. Uh, maybe you can find it, but I don't think it was uh, was all that bad. I mean, I just, I just wonder if there was a chemistry issue. If he wasn't really fitting in in the locker room, if he didn't kind of fit that, you know, maybe he wasn't a team player in terms of you know being the Barcelona man that they wanted to. Because I always thought on the field he really wasn't that bad. I mean, he was. He's pretty good, but he's surrounded by a bunch of other incredibly great players. But you know, don't you think if you look, if you're looking, Barcelona really need a big, powerful centre back that can drive forward as well on set pieces. Yeah, and they are a team that does not have. It's funny because Barcelona uh, plays the Cruyff way, right? They play um, the 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 the, uh, the old Ajax way with the ball right. on the ground um, and 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 quick passing and, and movement. Now thing is, in the last five to seven years, we've had a movement towards ball-playing center backs in, in, in world football, and just about every big club has one of them. But Barcelona really doesn't. And they don't have um, center backs that necessarily are, are very good in the air either. PK is getting a little long in the tooth, and they don't have the talismatic player uh, at the center back position that they had with, uh, with uh, uh, Puyol. So uh, I, it just to me, Barcelona, um, down Xavi, down Iniesta, down Puyol, uh, older PK, obviously older Messi, um, to me are not as intimidating as they were five to seven years ago well, when they, they were almost right. unplayable. 
Well, it is interesting. It only makes sense if, for some reason, Neymar's going to miraculously pop up tomorrow, um, uh, you know, uh, in the, uh, uh, at Barcelona. But, you know, I doubt that's happening. But while we're talking about Messi, my goodness, Kartik, really? Messi is in line to win the UEFA Player of the Year Award, which is bla- based on your performance for both club and country? I mean, Barcelona got knocked out in the semifinals of the Champions League. Um, Argentina made, what, the quarterfinals of the World Cup. Barcelona won, what did they win, Kartik? They won the, uh, they oh, won no, La no, Liga. Uh, Argentina lost in the round of 16. Pardon me, the, r- the round Cup. of 16, my bad. Um, and, well, Barcelona won La Liga and uh, the Spanish Super Cup, right? I mean, that was... Right, they didn't win the Copa del Rey. But uh, you've got guys like... A final to beat them. You've got guys like Van Dijk, who won the Champions League, who went to the final of the World Cup. You you mentioned Mane, right? I mean, you know, went to the final of the African Cup of Nations, won the Champions League, came second in the Premier League, by lost it by one point. And, of course, you've got Allison, who won the Champions League and won Copa America. And, by the way, Argentina didn't win Copa America either. So I don't understand why. I mean, look, I love Lionel Messi. He's a wonderful player. Don't get me wrong. This is not... This is not in any way, you know, pointing at Messi and saying he isn't in the, in the, like one of the greatest players ever to play the game, but he just doesn't deserve this award this year. Yeah, and I guess Ronaldo won the um, uh, won the Nations League, right? Correct. And he's not yeah. winning it either. Yeah. So, the, the, uh, and obviously, uh, Juventus wins uh, wins Serie A, but they always win Serie A. He didn't do that much to improve them in Champions League. Uh, they did arguably worse than they've been doing, all right? They've gotten to a couple finals yep. recently. Uh, but, uh, yeah, to me, it's very strange. It's very strange that this, this the, the hold that these two guys have on the awards can't be broken. I remember there was one season when Bayern everything and and uh, France was good. That, that uh, Ribéry, there was a thought that he might win some of the awards, and if I recall correctly, he didn't. Uh, there's always been talk that Ibra could break in. I'm uh, not Ibra anymore. Uh, certainly not since he moved to MLS, but uh, Ibra five, six years ago uh, would w- w- swoop in, win one or two of the awards. Has, uh, hasn't happened. Uh, Harry Kane. It's been, a, it's been a lock. I mean, I don't remember. Has there been a Ballon d'Or winner recently other than these two? I got to look did, this up. Who did actually. win the Ballon d'Or last um, year? Was it Salah? Who did? Well, maybe no, Salah well, did win it last year. No, I, I, don't, I don't remember. Um, That's how bad my memory is, Gartic. Yeah, you know, I don't remember either, but I'm I'm going to look it up now, and I believe... Oh, Luka Modric uh, won it last year. No, no, last no, year Mo- was Luka Modric. Okay. Luka Modric, yeah, that yeah, was, right. Okay, that was that was fair, but before that, it was Ronaldo, Ronaldo, Messi, Ronaldo, Ronaldo, Messi, 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 <sighs> Messi, Boring. Ronaldo. The last one to win it, uh, other than the two of them, was 2007, which was Kaká, uh, way back when. Kaká Con- Bo- and Boring. Which was it. Boring. It's so, so boring, Kartik. The Messi, Ronaldo, Ronaldo, Messi. Yes, they're great players, but they're not the only players. It's dull. It's boring. Now, I, the year I mentioned about Ribery that I thought he should have won it, it, it appears he was quite close. Uh, only uh, four percentage points off of Ronaldo who won it, but bottom line is he didn't win it. So How do, how do we um, get sidetracked on this, by the way? I just because we're we're tired of the duopoly. Of, yeah, of no, that's true. Ronaldo I, and Messi. Now know, they're the two I, greatest I'm just players. really anxious, Kartik. I mean, I'm really like at the edge of my seat to just you know toot my own horn, so to speak. I cannot wait for the next segment where we're going to talk about what an incredible predictor of football games I am, and I, I can't wait. I'm just so excited. I don't even want to talk about Messi and Ronaldo. 
Okay, so what's, well, so I mean, you know, I, it's it's so, and we got to wait. We got a whole minute to go. But you know, yeah. so the situation, uh, honestly, I mean, at Barcelona is fascinating. Do you think Neymar pops up in the next day, couple of days? Yeah, I think he, I think PSG is going to get rid of him because you you notice the reception from the PSG fans. Uh, they uh, will not accept him back at the club. It looks like now I don't know about the the, the, the other players and the hierarchy of the club, but the, but the PSG supporters are done with the guy. Uh, they made that pretty clear at the weekend. I, I don't think uh, there's a way back for him. Yeah, and you know it's a little bit uh, it's a little bit like, like Pogba, you know. He's got to do the business. He can't just be this incredible player that just never quite does the business. He's got to do the business if he wants the accolades. All right. Uh, you're listening to Fifth Street Soccer. Nick and Kartik with you. When we come back, I've been waiting for it. I'm going to tell you how great I am, and I know you cannot wait to hear it. We'll be right back after this. All right, welcome back to the show. Fifth Street Soccer, Nick and Kartik with you. Wow, week two of the Premier League is, well, it's behind us. And interestingly enough, Kartik, we're going to talk about my, my pure brilliance here in, in, in just a moment. Um, there are only two teams in the Premier League as of right now that are unbeaten, and that is a surprise because I want to say last year we went, what, like six, we learned like 12 games with four unbeaten teams, if I'm not mistaken. Not mistaken? Well, not unbeaten, but on uh, without dropping points. There are only Yo, two teams. They right, right. This, this teams. Week. Well, if they didn't drop yeah. points, they would therefore be unbeaten, right? Well, I suppose you could be drawn. drawn right, and but unbeaten. Man United's still unbeaten. Yeah, Man Manchester United hasn't lost. Yeah, yeah. Either, okay, so, so wins. I mean, teams that were you know that were yeah. had a bunch of wins, and I just think it's uh, it's it's fascinating. I mean, did you predict this, or is this really just a function of how many sort of top six draws we've had in the first two weeks? Because we've had two, and there are only six teams. So therefore, you know, four of the six teams have faced each other in the uh, in the top six already. Yeah, and, and it's it's odd because when I looked at the fixtures when they came out in June, that there were this number of uh, matches between uh, top six clubs in the first uh, four weeks of the season. So we've got Arsenal. Uh, Liverpool this week, and then we've got another one the following week. I want to say it's uh, Spurs and somebody, maybe Spurs and Chelsea uh, or Spurs and Arsenal. Uh, so no, no, but that, no, no. I said quite... top six, Kartik. You can't, you can't mention, you can't mention Chelsea. I'm just joking. Then, oh, but right. I mean, they're right down right. at the uh, the 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 rear end of the table. No, but I think I think that there's a there's a distinct possibility Chelsea, uh, if they don't get Hudson Odoi. And uh, uh, Loftus Cheek back pretty soon, and Rudiger uh, back uh, at the uh, in, on on the back line. Uh, that they're not going to finish in the top six because what? Uh, what? Uh, like Everton was... has not integrated their new signings yet, uh, right. and they've got four points. Uh, uh, I believe they have four points. Maybe they have three points. I think they have four points. Uh, uh, Arsenal four has points, not yeah. integrated their new signings yet. They have six points. Uh, Chelsea has no new signings to integrate, uh, and they are struggling. Well, yeah, it, it's interesting. Although I was surprised to see N'Golo Conte back as early as he was. I think they're forcing him back. And that's that's the uh, speculation about Rudiger, too, that Rudiger's injury would normally be the middle of September. He'd be back. They might force him back as early as this week against uh, Norwich uh, because well, their back line is, is terrible, quite frankly. 
And, and Lester uh, was wasteful yesterday. What Lester uh, got the draw, but yeah. quite honestly, Lester could have had three, four, five goals in the second half. Well, interestingly enough, I mean, Chelsea uh, the, look really the, bad. And the next Chelsea match is actually at Carrow Road against Norwich, where, where they actually do quite well. Um, you know, uh, certainly putting a thumping to Newcastle. Yeah, so, yeah, but, but yeah, let's get. But let, let, let's look back at the weekend because you know there were a couple of big matchups. Uh, we were really everyone was looking forward to the uh, the uh, Tottenham Manchester City match, and and that the pundits in general had uh, City as the favourite. In fact, I think I have it here. Let's see what was City. Uh, City were the favourites. Uh, I don't have the odds, but. Uh, it was uh, three goals with a goal line, and uh, City were the favorites. For Man United were also the favorites for their match against Wolves. Kartik, uh, you know, you and I did our match previews as we do uh, every Friday, and we'll do every Friday if you follow along with us, and we're, we're, we're happy for that. Uh, but I had opportunity, Kartik, to go on um, Fifth Street, uh, pardon me, uh, not Fifth Street, on uh, Picks and Parlay's uh, radio show right here on the Sports Byline Network. <laughs> Uh, on Friday, and I had an opportunity to give. They asked me for. I did his first segment of a Premier League pick, so I just want just want to play you, Kartik, something that is just going to blow your mind. Okay, so pr- are you prepared, Kartik? I mean, yeah. I know it's the what the fiftieth anniversary I, I of Woodstock. Prepared. Well, you 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 built this up so much. I'm so prepared. It's like the fiftieth anniversary of Woodstock. I'll ever be to listen to this. Your, your mind is going to be blown. Okay, by this. So just just get ready. Okay. All right, so so here we go. I'm uh, uh, the host of the show is Chelsea Messenger, and here we go. Uh, I do like City for this game. However, I like the over. There's going to be a lot of goals. There's going to be muchos goles. Uh, take the over three at minus one oh seven. But if you are a gambling man or woman, and I suspect that the people listening to this might well be, there is some enormous value in the unlikely potential of a draw at plus 424. And I say that because I don't actually think it's that unlikely. This isn't going to be a 5-1 routing. Tottenham are a good team. They can score goals. They can defend well. If this is a Man City victory, uh, this is going to be a uh, uh, 2-2, or 3-2 Man City, uh, but it could just as easily be a 2-2. So if you have a little extra dosh lying around and want to make a little speculative value bet, try the draw at plus 424. And then Wolves, Manchester United... Taking the draw on that one at plus 227. Call me now for your free tarot reading. Call 1-800-982-0889. That's right. That's right. You heard it. That's right. That's right. You heard it right there. You heard it. You heard it right, Kartik? I mean, it was uncanny, wasn't it? It was uncanny. I mean, I think uh, you have a lot to thank uh, VAR and, and cities, quite frankly, their ineptitude in front of goal. No. 30 shots, two goals. Uh, Spurs had two shots, really, and two goals. The third shot was a hopeful effort, kind of a neat uh, uh, idea by Harry Kane from midfield, but wasn't going to score on that. Um, yeah, so so that 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 was quite good. And you also uh, correctly, and we we both did on this show, tipped uh, Newcastle to have the worst weekend of ever. Of yeah, all. right. That was we'll never make it easier pick than Nor- but, Norwich but, running but, uh, riot at Carroll Road over Newcastle. But you, you you you're missing the true brilliance here, Kartik, Quite frankly. Because if you no, listen, I'm, I'm if you not, listen I'm, to I'm my prediction, it. I said Manchester City should win this game three two, but I think the value ah. is in the draw, which is two two <laughs> a plus four twenty seven. Now up at, uh, at the ninetieth minute, it was two two. City make it three two. VAR disallow the goal, and the match ends two two, which also is the over. So there you go, Kartik. 
I am the new Miss Cleo of football. Call me now for your free reading. And maybe you can you can uh, develop a new service, which is reading in far replays and when goals are going to get disallowed because it seems what? like that's the talking point <laughs> from all these matches, uh, from many of these matches, Brighton, West Ham also on the weekend. Uh, we almost had it with Wolves and United today. We had yeah. a long VAR delay and they finally allowed the Wolves goal. It was um, it's nice goal, by we're the way. getting used to. And I think what? Nice goal, by the way. It. it it was, it was a beautiful goal. I think, Nick, by the time we get to November, we're going to just be used to this VAR thing and we're not going to be complaining about it. But for now, when I listen to uh, 606 and I w- listen to talk sport on Saturday and Sunday nights in the UK, uh, I mean, half the calls are about VAR. I mean, and it was the same thing during the Women's World Cup. During the Women's World Cup, it was like 90% of the calls were about VAR. People just aren't used to it yet. But I think people, you just, you're going to have to get used to it. It's not going anywhere, Pete. No, no the, he, he is, look, if, I, I only think, I, I think there's only one negative thing about VAR, okay? Oh, well, maybe two, okay? So the, the first negative maybe is we need more consistency in the manner in which it's implemented. And I'm not talking about the decision that's made. I'm talking about the time it takes. Is the decision the referees on the field? Do they go look at the little screen? Or is it a panel in a room somewhere? I mean, we need to standardize that. The other complaint you could have about VAR is that football is supposed to be the great equalizer, right? It's the same game whether you're playing it on your, in your backyard or you're playing it at, you know, at Old Trafford. Uh, and, and I think VAR does create a different kind of game at the top level, but it's a natural progression of sport, right? I mean, I don't think there's anything you can say about that. But, uh, but Kartik, right. if you listen to the complaints about VAR, the complaints are never really about VAR because VAR actually has been pretty much perfect and it's done exactly what it's supposed to do. VAR is showing how incredibly stupid some of these rules are, number one. And number two, how many yes. of these rules had so much wiggle room and gray area in there because referees weren't seeing a lot of this stuff that went on. And that has now ended. And you can certainly talk about the implementation of the rules. You can say, you know, why, are, why is this rule uh, enforced this way in this game and this way in another game? But that has nothing to do with VAR. That has to do with, the, with, with uh, what is it, FIBA, right? Is it FIBA or FISA or, or yeah. FECs? I don't no, know. No, no, IFAB, IFAB. Yeah, IFAB, iPad, feces, I don't know what it is. What, whatever the four-letter uh, acronym of the board that, that, uh, that creates football rules are, they need to get their proverbial poo-poo together and, um, and look at some of these <laughs> rules and say, eh, it's kind of a silly rule now, now that I'm looking at it this way. Uh, we need to modify it and we need to make it, you know, uh, we need to do away with it. I mean, I liked the ball-to-hand versus hand-to-ball rule. Because, you know, this is a high-speed game. These are very physical players. It's inevitable a ball's going to brush your arm or your lower arm. The question is, is your arm in an unnatural position? And, of course, that doesn't matter anymore. If there's any contact, it's a handball. And, and I think that rule yeah. needs to be looked at. Right, right. So I think that that was the controversy about the uh, Jesus winner that was disallowed and, and we've got to draw at Man City and, and Spurs. Uh, I, I, people were angry with VAR. VAR was just um, allowing the official to look at, at that again, or the, the VAR official, uh, and, and uh, apply the rule, which got changed this summer. This is the first season of this new rule, which was meant to simplify the handball rule. But uh, when I listened to the Guardian pod, 
uh, today and, 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 and uh, 606, et cetera. Everybody's just saying, oh, now we know how stupid the handball rule is. We didn't know before because, you know, you would miss this stuff. So all VAR is doing is, I think, putting a spotlight on how bad some yeah. of these rules are, which right. means they'll probably get rewritten next summer. Let's yeah, be honest. And, and that's good. And but for now, you... that's right. the rule, and it was the correct call. It was the correct right? call. I mean, and, that's and, all you right. And I yeah. thought Jesus's response to the referee was outrageous. By the way, uh, he's lucky he's not going to get it. Yeah. He's not going to get a ban for that. I mean, especially when you know number one, that was not the referee that made the call. It was the VAR referees that made the call. Uh, and you just need to take a chill and realize that, you know, a rule, an infraction did happen. But when we come back, let's talk about the Premier League table. Uh, let's talk about Chelsea. Let's talk about Man United. Um, I think there was a kind of general shockwave today with the result. I think the Old yeah. Trafford faithful, of course, it was at Molyneux, not Old Trafford. But, you know, Man United supporters are uh, going to have a uh, going to have to be a little patient as our Chelsea supporters. When we come back. We'll pick up the discussion on the other side of the break here on Fist Street Soccer. Oh, that's it, Kartik. I'm going to take my money from my uncanny prognostications and have just a weekend of what, what Ian Drury's singing about. Uh, except, unfortunately, <laughs> like most people ask to give their picks, I don't bet my own picks. So there you go. Uh, but somebody else is driving a nice Ferrari, I would imagine. Based on listening to you on uh, Picks and Parlays, is that what the show is called? Yeah, Picks and Parlays. It's on at 1 p.m. right here uh, Pacific, 4 Eastern, on the Sports Byline Network. You want to check it out if you want the best in gambling and sports picks. Uh, these guys really know their stuff. And the guy they have talking soccer, well, he is nothing but a pure genius, Kartik. Pure genius. Brilliant. All right. Let's uh, get off that guy because I could talk about how brilliant that guy is for the next hour. Uh, we don't even have that long. But let's talk about uh, the table because uh, Liverpool, Arsenal, 1 and 2. City, United, 3 and 4. Uh, although sharing the points with uh, Brighton, with Tottenham, Bournemouth, Sheffield United, Everton, it's an interesting, uh, I mean, it's really early doors on the table, so I'm, not, I'm, I'm certainly not you know, making any long, long-term predictions based on, on, on two matches in. Uh, a couple of really interesting things that stand out. One is, uh, le- uh, first of all, Norwich, obviously, with the big win against Newcastle uh, at Carroll Road. I mean, yeah, th- they lost away at Anfield the opening game of the season. I was maybe a little hard on them. I mean, what do you expect? Uh, but I guess the real big talking points here would be obviously City dropping points early. I mean, how do you feel about that as a City supporter? Do you really even care? Uh, not really. I, I do think uh, it's a concern because it was uh, you drop points to a team that you might be going head to head with. So if you drop points to Wolves or you drop points to Sheffield United, you're like, well, that's good for that team. They picked up a point. Uh, but when it's Spurs, that is essentially a point they've gained on you. So that's, I think, because of who the points would, might be a slight concern. But uh, in terms of the play, no, no, no concern at all. I thought City looked very good. Yeah, right. I mean, it's a long season. I just want to remind everybody uh, that and that uh, last season, uh, Liverpool only lost one game, I think, City lost three or four, was it? Yeah. Uh, but it's four, a number think, yeah. Uh, yeah, four. So it was a number of draws at the end of the day that cost Liverpool the title. 
um, and allowed City to win it. So, you know, there's a lot there's a lot of different ways to look at it. It's really, really, really early, early, early days in the Premier League. Uh, but what can we derive from match two in the Premier League? I'm going to tell you, Kartik, we can look at teams like Watford and we can look at teams like Newcastle and we can start to ask some pretty hard questions. Uh, Newcastle United uh, dropping points to Norwich and, of course, dropping, dropping, losing only 1-0 at home, by the way, to Arsenal. But they did lose, drop the points to Arsenal. They dropped them to Norwich. Uh, let's talk about Watford uh, dropping points to Everton and, and getting tonked at home 3-0 by Brighton. I mean, I, I think I, I know it's too early to talk you know, about winners and alarm bells, but, but there are a couple of very yeah, no, quiet little alarms going off uh, at Watford and uh, Vicarage Road and at, uh, at St. James's Park. Oh, well, I mean, I think most of us had Newcastle in the bottom three uh, before the season. So the first two weeks have done nothing to change that uh, assessment. However, most of us had Watford somewhere mid-table. And these yeah. first two weeks have sent off alarm bells. Absolutely. The performance against Brighton at Vicarage Road was embarrassing. And uh, they come back this week and, and really show nothing again. Uh, it, it, there's already talk of, uh, you know, maybe Javi Gracia – the manager, we know the Pozo family turns over managers quickly. Gracia is the first manager to have started a season and ended a season at Watford in some time. Right. And then, you know, started the next season. Yeah, um, yeah. That, he, he, I think, in over a decade, actually. Uh, I'm not joking when I say that. Uh, that they are now in a position where um, uh, he's going to be sacked maybe by October, by the second international break, if things don't turn around. A lot of concern at Watford. They do not have... Um, they, 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 they haven't uh, necessarily integrated the guys they bought in this window, including uh, Saar, the, 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 the wide player who had such a great cup of African nations. So they paid $30 million for it. They paid a lot for it. Uh, right. So that's, that's a major concern. Uh, Newcastle, I think, is going to go down. That's, that's uh, uh, not surprising. The other team I'd be really concerned about right now is Crystal Palace. Yeah, the question that was the was other one how motivated point, yeah. would Zaha be? Yeah. And would he... Um, bed back into the team. So far, he hasn't, and, and they have looked terrible. Yeah, I mean, uh, a draw against Everton at home and uh, losing away at uh, Sheffield United. Uh, you know, we, we if you look at the bottom end of the table, I mean, you can talk about teams, for example, like Aston Villa. Well, you know, I, I, I'm surprised that they lost um, against Bournemouth, Uh but they were pretty close. I'm not too worried about Aston Villa, to be fair. Um, West Ham United, I mean, look, you know, any team that's going to play one of the the big two or three teams for the first couple of games of the season are going to be in trouble. That's what's happened to West Ham. Chelsea, on the other hand, um, I mean, let's look at this. They got tonked on the opening day 4-0 by United, albeit at Old Trafford. Agree with that, right? And they had a lot of players that were injured and not there, and it was really much a youth contingent, okay? But then to come out and at home, you know, give Brendan Rodgers a point, you know, I, I'm, I, you know, they have got to get those players back quickly. As we mentioned, it doesn't get any easier because they're going to Carrow Road. And Norwich love to attack. Norwich play the type of football Chelsea doesn't really want to encounter right now until they get no, their peeps no. back. That's really they want a slower game, a more manageable game. Norwich isn't going to give them that slower, more manageable game. By the way, that's one thing that I did notice about Pulisic on Chelsea 
it, it doesn't seem all that fast. I mean, is it just me? Uh, no, I think he is quick, but he, his his speed of decision making is very poor. I noticed that last year at Dortmund. I know his first few years at Dortmund, when he burst on the scene, he was very good. Uh, but that was when Dortmund was fighting to stay in the top four. When they started pushing Bayern last season to try and win the title, uh, he was a, a, a bit part player. I mean, he was a role player for them. Uh, a, a lot the people who've been um, the Pulisic. Uh, Promotion brigade that 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 resides on Twitter, the Pulisic police, as I call them, and the uh, uh, people who promote NBC's Premier League coverage have have uh, have uh, made this guy to be, you know, the next coming of, uh, yeah, I don't know, Raheem Sterling or something, right? And he's just not anywhere. I mean, I, I, it's embarrassing. I'm I'm putting him in the same sentence as Sterling. He's a player last season at Dortmund that gave the ball away a lot when he was under pressure. Um, and his positioning, the, my biggest critique of Pulisic is one that you don't necessarily hear on the broadcast. When his team is not in possession of the ball, he does not position himself properly. He doesn't read the game properly from a defensive standpoint to be a good two-way player. And what we saw yesterday, we saw it against United too, but what we saw yesterday in the second half was um, Leicester pressing high uh, with, that, with that young midfield and Didi, Madison, Chowdhury. Uh, when Harvey Barnes came on, you can throw him on there uh, in, into that mix. Those young uh, attacking midfield-type players that, that Leicester has, Tailman's also, and they were winning the ball in advantageous positions. And Pulisic, uh, and I noticed this at Dortmund last year also, because the German league, the entire German league is a high-pressing league, as you know. Uh, he generally just doesn't, posi- doesn't read the game well defensively. So even if he is quick offensively, even if he can get you um, some, some nice attacking play at times, uh, he is a liability defensively, and that's not going to help him stay in that Chelsea team. Um, and to your point, Nick, about uh, Norwich, Norwich is a team that presses high under Daniel Farca and, and creates a lot of scoring chances. That's trouble for Chelsea. Yeah, that is trouble for Chelsea. Speaking of trouble, you mentioned Crystal Palace. Their trouble gets worse because they're going to have to go to Old Trafford and face Man United. And I will mm. give you my uncanny prognosticator's prediction, uh, 3-1. And maybe I mean generous with the I one. Ge- okay. No, I think you're being generous. I, I was thinking four or five nil. Yeah. Actually, the way Palace has started. I'm fully predicting I, I, that. By the way, that draw they got against Everton was with Everton with 10 men and Everton not dressing any of the big signings they had made. So Correct. it was a shorthanded Everton team that was also down to 10 men and they at, at Selhurst and they still couldn't score. Yeah, so I guess the surprise is so far. I mean, look, United supporters... Uh, you know, I hate your team, cannot stand it. You're all a bunch of wankers. But having said that, I really think you have all that much to worry about. I actually like what I'm seeing at United um, from a purely objective standpoint, of course. Um, I think you'll be all right this season. It's not going to be like last season. I think things will, whether you finish top four, I I don't know. I mean, that's going to depend on teams like Chelsea and Tottenham. At Arsenal, um, you know, if they want to, how easy or difficult they, they want to make it. I think Tottenham look good. Bournemouth's a surprise. Sheffield United have been a, a wonderful surprise, Kartik, haven't they? Beating yeah. Crystal Palace and, and, and Bournemouth. Um, you know, Burnley, Norwich. Uh, it, Leicester City, to me, interestingly enough, I'm not quite sure what to make of them. I, mean, I thought they played pretty well against Chelsea, but I don't know how good Chelsea are. I don't think they're very good. And then they, they had that really, you know, bizarre nil-nil with Wolves, who, quite frankly... They were lucky to get a point. Yeah, they were lucky quite to frankly. get a point. And, you know, I think 
I don't know. You know, it, it, it's too early to tell. We're going to have to wait another and four, four, two, three more games in. We should start to get a flavor for what's up with teams like Leicester and Wolves and Palace uh, and certainly West Ham because we don't have enough info on West Ham. When you play Man City first game out of the gate, you know, your early season's screwed. I'm sorry. That's just as simple as that. Yeah, and West Ham's notoriously a slow starter. Yeah. Now on Leicester, the point I would make, Nick, is that it's a very, very young team. We have not seen a team... Uh, whose average age is is this young yeah. uh, in the upper reaches of the Premier League in a long, long time. We know Brendan Rodgers loves youth. He did he did it at Chelsea. Well, he certainly trades he out the old wife for a new one whenever he can, so we know he likes them younger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he, he, did, he did it also. He betted in a lot of youth players. Remember, uh, Coutinho yeah. was very young, and Sterling yeah, was very yeah. young when he had those two guys. Uh, and, uh, and, and the envelope. still relatively young at Liverpool. Um, so he likes young players. The, the core of that team when you take Jamie Vardy out of it, it, it is, is, is 24 or younger. Uh, that entire midfield, all those guys I mentioned earlier in the midfield that we're impressed with are all 22 or younger. Yeah, so yeah. they are going to be inconsistent. They're going to look really good one week, and we're going to say this team could push for the top four, and then the next week we're going to be like, oh, my gosh, it could get relegated. I think that's just what you get with young players, with a yeah. lot of young players. Yeah, probably right. Uh, but, you know, taking a whip around the Premier League, that's kind of what I'm looking at, Kartik. Uh, you know, Liverpool... Uh, have, uh, I mean, <laughs> there was that uh, rather shocking Adrian um, uh, Howler to let Southampton Cost back in dearly in fantasy. Yeah, oh. but I mean Southampton. Even like the Danny. So I have Adrian on my team. My opponent has Danny Yings. Now I still won the week, thank goodness. But that's the most direct dropping of points you can have in fantasy, where one player's error who's on your team leads to a goal for oh, the yeah. guy who's on the other guy's team. Yeah. Um, but thankfully, I still won. But that was a, a stunner. Adrian is a good shot stopper. When he was at West Ham, good shot stopper, never been good with his feet, and we saw that. Yeah, right. And there are rumors that they are going for um, Liverpool actually going to sign another goalkeeper. Um, um, Michelle Vorm, I think they, they were talking about, right? Who's, I think, oh, out of, who's, uh, currently out of, uh, out of contract, I want to say. Yeah, Michelle Vorm is, uh, is out of contract. He was released last summer. Uh, I think they, they feel that they need a bit more backup, which is telling me maybe Allison's injury is worse than what they're saying. Yeah, uh, obviously former Swansea and Spurs keeper. Uh, yeah. uh, went to the World Cup, I believe, with Holland. Didn't play, but was one of the backups. Uh, yeah, that would be an interesting – that would tell us Allison's injury is worse than we thought because I think uh, the concern became uh, Adrian is, in, is a proven Premier League keeper, but then – you know, one thing could go wrong. A fan tackles him, and, you know, yeah. at that point, you're really in trouble <laughs> yeah. if he doesn't recover. Uh, and so any little thing, they can't carry just one experienced keeper because right now their the number three keeper is, is a youth player, and their number four keeper is Lonergan, who I mentioned has played an awful lot in, like, League One in the championship but has never played in the Premier League. So uh, Vorm is at least a guy who's played a lot in the Premier League. He declined towards the end at Spurs. Uh, that's why he's out of contract. Yeah. No one's picked him up. But that would be good reassurance if Adrian, because if Adrian right, goes we, down we right go now, to break. Liverpool is in all kinds of trouble. All right, we got to go to break. We'll wrap it up. We'll get last Kartik's thoughts, and I guess that'll be it. We'll be right back after this. All right, Nick and Kartik with you here on Fifth Street Soccer on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network, Series XM 211, Dan Patrick Sports. 
Um, just a couple of minutes left. Uh, let's get some final thoughts from you, Mr. Kartik Krishnaya. Yeah, uh, Manchester United and Wolves today was an entertaining match. Uh, Wolves have uh, Torino midweek in, in Europa League, so they'll be happy they got that draw. And as for Manchester United, uh, missed opportunity. Pogba had a brilliant match, but boy, uh, what a mistake him taking the penalty. If he is in the shop window, uh, that uh, did not help his cause any. No, uh, it, it didn't. But, but you know, there is a different – I am getting a different Paul Pogba vibe this year so far, at least in the two matches yeah. that we've seen versus what we got last year from him. It does seem like he is taking his football more seriously. And now that the move, there is no move and there won't be any move, uh, I think he's ready to bet in and show the world just what he's made of. And uh, that's good for United. Uh, obviously, Chelsea, the big talking point at this point, and we're going to touch on them quite a bit tomorrow. I think maybe we'll make them the uh, the centerpiece of our conversation tomorrow. We've got Italy uh, getting ready to start up again, I think, this weekend, right, Kartik? Yeah, yeah and, Serie A begins this week. Looking forward to it. Right, so we'll, maybe we'll do a little Serie A preview. Uh, Juventus are going to win it. Okay, next. Um, and <laughs> Although I do love Napoli, obviously. But uh, anyway, we're going to get to some of that. And uh, But most importantly, we'll be back on the Premier League tomorrow. Uh, let's talk about it. And, and maybe we'll get a bit more information about this Philippe Coutinho to Barcelona and what does that mean for Neymar's situation uh, in terms of, uh, pardon me, uh, uh, Coutinho to Bayern Munich. And what does that mean for the Neymar situation uh, going from PSG to Barcelona? So that's what we're going to talk about tomorrow. Hey, look, you can find our podcast at the Believe Podcast Network. But we're here with you every single day, uh, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 Eastern, right here. Until tomorrow, folks, have a great night. Sports Byline USA coming up next on the Worldwide Sports Byline USA Network. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.